0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Before I share the story of what Representative Ocasio-Cortez has been saying, I think it's imperative that I start with, in no way, shape, or form, Am I making any claim of any kind about her allegation that she, her statement, that she was sexually assaulted? Now, this all comes up in context of the Capitol riots. No, she's not claiming she was sexually assaulted during the Capitol riots. But in a video that she put out discussing her feelings about the Capitol riot, well, in this conversation... This comes out that in describing the trauma of the Capitol and the, uh, you got to love some of the headlines, the Capitol insurrection, right? Which it was not in insurrection that she made this statement. I bring this up to make sure it is out of the way because some people are going to want to use that as a way of saying nothing else can get discussed. And those people include Representative Ocasio-Cortez. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. This story is about a Capitol Police officer who came into her office. But this story is about so much more and I've been trying my best to piece this together. She put out a video. And in the video, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, who I agree we, we don't want to be spending all this time on, I think mean, Carl Markowitz, uh, writing over at New York Post, had, had it very right. There's too much outsized attention being put on Representative Ocasio-Cortez. I don't disagree with this. It's why I only discuss her in the realm of policy. Her policies are childlike. She should not be taken seriously. We've said so for years now. However... She accused Senator Ted Cruz of attempted murder, and no one said a word. I wrote about this. It's at Tonycats.com. I wrote about it. It it, it was up, I have it up, Sunday? How is nobody discussing this? She accused the man of attempted murder, and everybody's quiet? Everybody's silent? How is this remotely, remotely possible? There's a uh, reporter, uh, it was uh, Zaya, Zaya Jelani. I, I, I don't know uh, them personally. I don't know if Zaya Gelani is a man or a woman. I don't know. What I do know is that even they, and I'm saying they not because there's some other issue at play. I don't know if it's a man or a woman. Even Zayed is saying that if a member of Congress accuses a U.S. senator of a murder attempt against her and then speculates the Capitol Police were trying to hurt her, these seem like serious accusations worth vetting. Instead, they're just kind of thrown out there. Where's the fact checkers? Well, you knew about the accusation, but what's this about Capitol Police? This is about Capitol Police.
1: There was no partner, was not yelling you know, Capitol Police, etc. Et but then, what? But then it didn't feel right. Um, because he was looking at me.
0: She's making me argument. Tremendous amount of- now, I'll take it from here, Representative Ocasio-Cortez. She's saying that when she was in her office, and Capitol Police were yelling to get down to a certain area. It didn't look right. It didn't feel right. Something was wrong. Something was amiss. And in her conversation, she goes through saying that I was behind a bathroom door, and she was hiding, and she realized she could have hidden in a closet, and, uh, And uh, she thought someone got into her office and she was hiding behind a door in the bathroom and someone was yelling, where is she, where is she? And she said, I thought everything was over. She 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 said, quote, I thought I was going to die. And she actually was crying a little bit, discussing that when she thought she might die, at least I, quote, I had fulfilled my purpose. The person screaming where is she was a Capitol Police officer. That part is being left out of a tremendous number of statements about what Representative Ocasio-Cortez is saying. That the person who broke into her office wasn't breaking into her office. It was a Capitol Police officer who was there to help her because the Capitol was indeed under a level of attack. It was indeed a riot. That can't be denied. And so here's this officer. And she's saying that something didn't feel right of anger
1: and hostility and um, things weren't adding up like there was no partner there and there was no one was yelling, he wasn't yelling like this is Capitol Police, this is Capitol Police. And he was looking at me in all of this anger and, and hostility. And at first, you know, in, in my brain and in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I just came from this super intense experience just now. Maybe I'm reading into this, right? Like maybe I'm projecting. Um, Maybe I'm projecting, like, something onto him that, that, like, maybe I'm just seeing anger, but maybe he's not trying to be angry. Um, But I talked to G, my legislative director, after the fact, and he said, no, I didn't know if he was there to help us or hurt us either.
0: So here is this officer. You don't know if he's there to help you or hurt you. Your legislative director is sizing him up.
1: And, um... And G was actually like this man came with so much hostility that um, that G was sizing him up and didn't know if he was going to have
0: to fight him. Okay, let's stop for a second. Representative Ocasio-Cortez led you down a path of feeling that she was frightened, she was afraid, she thought she was going to die. Turns out the person was a Capitol Police officer who didn't introduce himself as Capitol Police, didn't have a partner. She said that twice. There was no partner. And he had this hostility. The Capitol is under, let's call it attack. He's trying to get you to safety. Safety. And this is how you took it and you perceived it, and I think rightly you, you are put in that you're projecting. But right now, the question is, why are you making a video of this? Why are you having this conversation with your fan base, not even your constituents? And why is it that you're going so far out of your way to say, well, I'm not throwing the the Capitol Police under the bus, but... Like, that is how,
1: that is how, like, aggressive the situation was in that moment. And we couldn't even tell, we couldn't read if, like, this was a good situation or a bad situation. Um, It was... So like, you know, like so many other communities in this country, like just that presence doesn't necessarily give you a clear signal if you're safe or not. And so the situation did not feel okay. And then he just looks at me and yells at me and he just goes, go down and then go to this other
0: building. What did you expect? What level of kindness were you looking for? When I discuss Representative Ocasio-Cortez's childlike, understand how accurate that assessment is. Well, this video going everywhere. And it was within this where she said that she was a victim in her life of sexual assault. I have absolutely, positively, no comment. None. Zero to this. Where I have comments is that an article written by CNN where it says she said in those in Congress are telling her to move on or even apologize following uh, the uh, uh, violence at the Capitol. We're using the same tactics as abusers. Remember, as we discussed, she's the one who accused Ted Cruz of attempted murder. And she says, the reason I say this and the reason I'm getting emotional in this moment is because these folks who tell us to move on, that it's not a big deal, that we should forget what's happened or even telling us to apologize. These are the same tactics of abusers. And I'm I'm a survivor of sexual assault, she said. And I haven't told many people that in my life. But when you go through trauma, trauma compounds on each other. And so whether you had a negligent or neglectful parent, and or whether someone, uh, whether you had someone who was verbally abusive to you, whether you're a survivor of abuse, whether you experienced any sort of trauma in your life, small to large, these episodes can compound on one another. I reject this. I do not reject that she feels the way she feels. I don't get involved. She accused a senator of attempted murder. Of course she should apologize what she has done here in first laying out this story and then laying out the story in a way that you think her life was in danger but her life wasn't in danger it was a capitol police officer looking for her so he could offer assistance and get her to wear to a place that would be safe that she thought he was being the aggressor and being abusive and it was so uncomfortable And then last but not least, to say, hey, by the way, uh, I've I've been through uh, uh, assault, so when people tell me I have to apologize, that's the same tactics of abusers. Sorry, we're not going to have this. I'm not going to tell her whether she was or whether she wasn't. I'm not going to get into it. What I'm going to say is damn straight you apologize for accusing a senator uh, uh, of uh, making the claim that he uh, attempted to kill you. You accused him of attempted murder. Of course, you're supposed to apologize. What she wants is to be able to say, look at me, give me all the attention, and I don't have to apologize because if you ask me to apologize, you're an abuser too. And I say, to hell with that. And so should you. Now, this is a very difficult conversation for some people. Because they get themselves so wrapped up in the emotional side of it. They don't know how to logically break it down. Share it as we did. So let's make sure that we're in all the places. I have no doubt that she was afraid. Must have been a scary scene. I would suggest to her buy guns and buy ammo. And maybe the people who want to be armed on the floor ain't so crazy. I I say it. I mean it. I will say it in front of a judge. Number two, again, it's logical that you were afraid. I I don't think anybody thinks you're a bad person on any level for being like, what the heck is happening here? Not being able to maybe have control of your faculties would be another thing, but but, uh, it being a scary situation, sure. In your video, you make it seem like your life was physically threatened and it wasn't. In, 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 in this intimate way. In your video, it is clear that you're throwing Capitol Police under the bus and saying they treated you improperly when that is simply not the case. And yes, it's you. That you would make the video at all plays into this and your level of me, 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 which is the childlike way to do things. And then you have, well you lay out a scenario where nobody's allowed to question you and that you don't have to apologize for something you've done that is beneath contempt, which is accusing someone of attempted murder. In the same way I think accusing someone of racism is, but this is a member of Congress doing so to another member of Congress, in this case, another branch of the Senate or another House, I should say, the Senate. We should ask you what you were thinking we should demand that you apologize and to say that because we want an investigation and we want an apology and we want you to owe up to your words and live up uh, and recognize that where you failed that we are akin to sexual abusers well no no you can't have that you can't have that You can't treat us that way for having minds and seeing where you're wrong. For throwing Capitol Police under the bus, I think that's gross. For being afraid, I think that's normal. For pacing the story that somehow your life was in threat, I think that's you playing up to a camera. To call us akin to abusers for questioning your tactics, That's worse than accusing Senator Cruz of attempted murder. I'm Tony Katz. So the GameStop insanity might be over. Unless, of course, it's coming back as something else. I mean, the stock was dropped 100 points yesterday. It's down over 100 points now. But uh, who knows? Who knows where it's all going to end up? And then, of course, has been the insanity around silver. Silver prices have been going crazy and now coming back to normal. Forbes putting out the piece yesterday saying, Yeah, listen, uh, the whole thing was silver. That's not Reddit. Just just don't blame uh, those guys. They ain't the problem. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today it's good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833 468 8669. Taking a look at what's going on with the pandemic, taking a look at what's going on with monetary policy, taking a look at um, other variants and strains of of COVID, right, that could bring people into uh, precious metals. Right, taking a look at whether or not there's going to be COVID uh, stimulus. Uh, you've got the Republicans reaching out to Joe Biden and having a meeting, saying we don't need 1.9 trillion here; 600 billion will do the job to add to the 900 billion we've already done. That's the story. That's where. That's what you got to be looking at. I mean, they got as high as near 30 dollars an ounce. Last time it was that high was was bailouts. Uh, you know, was it 2000? Maybe, no, maybe it was past that. 2010, 2011, just after the bailouts. Maybe that's when it was as high. Meanwhile, silver's gone back, gone back down into into the 24 range. I don't think anything's done though in terms of in terms of madness. I I, I only expect that there's going to be a fair amount of turmoil. That's that's going on. It would, it, that's what it would, that's what it would seem to me. That nobody has an answer on how this is really going to, to play out. Because why would we make the assumption that the Redditors are done, right? You're somebody who was part of that subreddit. You don't like what the short sellers are doing. Why would I think that you're finished? It doesn't even make any sense that, that you would be uh, finished. It would only make sense that you're still willing to, like, I don't know, try and hurt them. <laughs> that would be my take. That you still want to go out there and do them a, a, a great uh, amount of damage. And make some money while you're at it. So I don't think we are done with, with this saga by by any stretch of the imagination it, it would it would seem to me that we've got more insanity coming. it's just a question of when and where. Meanwhile, am I supposed to be selling some of these stocks that I thought would explode and when I look at the losses, do I just well do I get a third job in radio? No wait, I have a third job fourth job in radio huh yeah, it doesn't. Or maybe I'll just hold on. That's a better plan. This is Tony Katz today. Tony Phil has seen his shadow. That means four more years of Joe Biden. Is that not how it works? I thought, that's, I thought that was the science. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Did see the shadow six more weeks of winter, whatever it is. I'm paying attention to that insane amount of cold that is coming this way. Is this across the entirety of the Midwest? Because I think it is. I think I think that's what's going on. Because in, in in my beloved Indiana, we're expecting a weekend where wind chills will get into that negative twenty, negative thirty range. That's how we're seeing it right now. So I I got to figure out what's going on uh, for for my people in in Nebraska because this is the kind of stuff that you got to get you got to get geared up for. Right now, there are weather alerts uh, up in Dodge and and Saunders. Like, how cold, how cold are you guys going to be dealing with it? This is one of those things, like, right, when, when there's any bit of snow in New York, we all have to hear about it for, for you know, weeks on end and how, how difficult it was. We get temperatures that quite literally are unsurvivable. And the, the, the media pays no attention whatsoever. They're, they're always a treat. Yeah, you guys are seeing it the same way with those low temperatures uh, this weekend, getting into the single digits and then into the negatives on Saturday and Sunday. But it's, it's where those, those winds are and, and what that feel is. Uh, these are the times to check on a neighbor, guys. Uh, these are the times you got to make sure people are, uh, are all right, uh, that they're good, that they're, that they're going to be good. You know don't don't worry about coronavirus and oh uh you know people can't get together if someone doesn't have heat in their house better you should be together just just one man's thesis you uh don't don't worry about uh don't worry about what your doctors say worry about what Dr. Katz here has to say and then there's this story a uh, producer Ari sent me and this is about drew robinson drew robinson is an outfielder uh for the san francisco giants and it's the story i'm not trying to get morbid here this is just kind of amazing he uh he tried to kill himself and one of the things that led to this was the quarantine, the, 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 the pandemic, keeping people inside their house, no, you can't see this one, no, you can't see that one, no, you can't connect with other people. As we have discussed, and you guys know this to be factual. The damage done by keeping people alone is far greater than any damage from the virus. Doesn't matter what the CDC says, I could give a good holy damn what Dr. Fauci has to say. The facts are the facts. And he wrote the note, and he did the whole thing, um, started pouring himself Uh. uh whiskey everything else and takes this gun pulls the trigger except he didn't die and for 20 hours it took 20 hours for somebody to find him no he woke up and like you know sat there and thought about what he wanted to do so he had shot himself in the head He's still alive, and he's just sitting there. He, has, he
1: said he had the, the gun in one hand and a phone with 911 in the other hand. He was saying, what do I want to do? And he decided, I want to live.
0: It's the craziest thing. It's a stunning and insane story on every level. I bring it up, and, and, and I know, uh, Producer Ari, I understand why this is the kind of story that gets sent my way. Um, it is, it is without question that we have damaged Americans in an awful way with these shutdowns and these lockdowns and something that mayors and governors will never poss- properly be able to apologize for. Well, it was a once in a lifetime pandemic. So what? It's the same thing that when we have people who, who say, well, we have to do something. Yes, yes, we know what the rules are, but these are extraordinary times. No. The rules exist for the extraordinary times. Anybody could do it by the rules in the easy times. It's totally easy or totally rational to be rational in the rational times. But how do you be rational in the irrational times? That's the question. That's the difference between us and them. That's the difference between the Yetzirah and the yetzer Tov, the evil and good. That is the difference between leadership and absolute anarchy. Being able to keep your head. Being able to focus on the task at hand. Being able to remember that without the systems, we have nothing. Senator Bernie Sanders wants to pass this and that and the other in terms of money here and money there and money all around the place. And who's going to worry about actually following the Senate rules? Let's do budget reconciliation so we don't have to follow the rules, so we don't have to get the votes, because these are extraordinary times. They're always extraordinary times. But the story here is one of of depression and being suicidal and it it is always amazing to me that people are amazed that i so can can so easily discuss my own days of being depressed, my own days of being suicidal. Now I will admit i never I never pulled the trigger, but I'll also admit that I never put the gun to my head. Spent months in this fog, months in this fog, years trying to work my way out of it, months in this fog in my, in my 20s and in my very early 30s. Could not, could not get a job, could not keep a job, could not focus. Newly married, couldn't get anything right in my brain. And I was, you know, as, as I have gone through it in, in, in my life, this started when I was a teenager. This started maybe younger than that. Certain levels of obsession, uh, nightmares, uh, madness in my brain. Just pure, raw, unadulterated madness. And this followed me into college. I'm surprised anybody was friends with me at all. Really and truly, and just, uh, you know, as, as I've often discussed, everything got better when I stopped lying to myself. When i stopped lying to myself and therefore stopped lying to others everything got easy everything made sense it was stunning how well things fell into place i mean not perfect there's still hardships and 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 things like that but i can remember uh living in bradley beach new jersey and in this uh apartment above a house Uh, that had two bedrooms and and one bathroom and uh, wall air conditioners, and we could only afford one. And my wife was working. And I was, I don't know, pretending I was working. I I don't even know what I was doing. Sitting in front of a computer screen, looking at absolutely nothing, and I would discuss with myself all the ways that I could end my life. I mean, I went over it and over it. As I think about it now and as I've thought about it since then, I don't know if an if, if an expert, a professional, a, a psychiatrist would say that I was suicidal because maybe I didn't exhibit certain um, things that would put me in that category. It never dawned on me to do an act of of severity outside the home And all I was consumed with was how could I do this and not just leave, and I swear to you this is true, how could I do this and not just leave a body for my wife to find? Much of it was centered around the idea of how could I let her know or let somebody else know so she wouldn't walk in on that. Now, I, 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 I never actually attempted harm on myself, and I never made a, a phone call to, for example, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, which is 1-800-273-8255, 1-800-273-8255. I never made that call. I only saw a uh, a, a therapist once in my life, actually twice, and the second time, they're like, what are you doing here? And I realized, I, I realized now I should have gone to somebody else, and I should have... I think it could have helped. I, I think it would have helped. Cause it took years to kind of break out of it and realize what I was going through. And I was, I, I think I was a terrible person to a lot of people. That doesn't mean they weren't terrible people to me. <laughs> a lot of people were garbage. I mean, just just nasty. But it doesn't mean I was also, it doesn't mean I was good to other people. And And considering the place I was in, I may have taken some of that wrong. Some of it I took properly. They really were jerks. Sometimes it's not all you, sometimes it is them. Um, but this is kind of a, a, an incredible story of, of this guy of Drew Robinson but it's a bigger story about what this this moment in American history has done world history has done and there are people out there without question suffering through it you're not crazy you only feel that way It's lonely and depression is awful, and that cloud and that that misery is real. Now you got to go do something about that. And you're not going to get as lucky as Drew Robinson. You're not going to get the second chance. So don't put yourself in that position. You're not crazy. The only thing I know is that you're not crazy. It is very real. That feeling is real. Now you just gotta work your way out of it. That's gonna take time. There are people out there feeling just like you or maybe somebody you know. So start. 1-800-273-8255. You're not gonna get as lucky as Drew Robinson and you could use a little luck if you're feeling this way. Me, I, I got luck. It never got to that place, although I thought about it often. And I can tell you, now, good. <laughs> this is better <laughs> by, by a hell of a lot of stretch. Uh, I wanted to share the story. That Drew Robinson story is just flat out amazing. Flat out amazing. This is a guy with all the money and all the, and all the opportunity in the world and he's feeling it. You're not crazy. Make the phone call. Be good. I'm Tony Katz. So we can all come to the conclusion that this whole double masking thing is clinically insane. It's a myth. It's, it's virtue signaling to show people how good and decent you are. None of it has to do with science. Is that or is that not true, Dr. Fauci? They're asking, should you wear two masks? That's the easiest thing to do. So what the CDC says right now, as you mentioned correctly, the most important thing is everybody should wear a mask. We don't have enough data yet, and the CDC will be collecting this as to whether or not two masks are going to be better than one mask. But, you know, if you use common sense and say until we get the data, if a physical barrier with one mask works, it makes common sense that two layers or three layers, and you should have a double layer mask and one mask anyway. But if you want... What is he... What? what? Sure, two masks are better than, than than one. Five seat belts are better than three. What's... What are you doing? What are you doing? We need to stop paying attention. And everyone has to recognize that he might be a fine doctor, but he's terrible at moving a message. And I don't even know if he's a fine doctor. He's terrible at moving a message. He confuses people, he angers people, he clearly is 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 kind of making it up because it goes along to sound important. Dr. Fauci has been responsible for more heartache than anyone out there. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. That heartache is he cannot stick to a story. And it's frustrating. It's just ridiculous. He doesn't have to be this way. And he chooses us, and they still send him out there. Everybody sends him out there. I always got amazed that Trump even let him talk. You know that, that, that he's, a, he's a giant hot mess. What are you letting him go out there for? He's only making your life more difficult. Why would you let that guy make your life more difficult? Well, it was only proof that nobody was muzzling him Nobody was ever muzzling a Dr. Fauci, and maybe they should have been. Now, one of the stories that's been breaking is two FBI agents are dead, this serving a warrant in Florida. I'm going to have more on this story uh, coming up. It has been um, kind of uh, uh, breaking out over the... Over the morning, I wanted to make sure I had the latest before I started uh, bringing it uh, to you. uh, Sunrise Police Department has been uh, putting out a lot of uh, the statements asking people to remain in in their homes. They have shut down traffic in in a series of spots. People have been unable to get into the city, get out of the city, uh, all sorts of things. So I'm going to have the the full uh, story on this coming up of of what in the world uh, is going on. Um, in Miami right now, uh, what's the, what else has been going on? Who exactly uh, ha- has been injured and, and, and has been hurt? I'm, gonna, I'm going to get to that. also, going to get into this Rochester story. Cops pepper spraying a nine-year-old girl. I swear to you, that's not even the craziest part of the story. It's not. And I've got the audio that's going to make you freak. Freak. They pepper sprayed a nine-year-old. Wait until you hear it, because that's not the audio. That's really the telling of the story. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today.